In this episode, we're talking about how giving ourselves the permission to be ordinary leads to more joy, fulfillment, and internal feelings of success. And ironically, how when we give ourselves this permission to be ordinary, we actually end up moving closer to extraordinary than we otherwise would had we placed all that pressure on ourselves to be so. If you've been enjoying what you've been hearing so far and have a moment to leave a brief review, it would mean so, so much to me. I know personally that when I hear people ask for reviews, I often think that everyone else is leaving them, and so maybe I don't need to or I can wait. But so often we're all thinking this, and my point here is that your specific review means something. It helps inform me as to whether I'm adding meaning or value for you, and it also helps get more eyes and ears on this podcast. You can even pause right now to do so, and I'll be here waiting for you. Hello and welcome. I'm so grateful you're here and excited to dig into today's topic with you. Today, we'll be philosophizing a bit, so we're going to discuss how giving ourselves the permission to be ordinary frees us to embrace both the actions and the failures that are necessarily to truly extraordinary work, and how by allowing ourselves to be ordinary, we feel more joy, more fulfillment, and purpose in our day-to-day actions and experiences. As with so many of the topics that we have discussed here so far, I feel like this one is also a bit counterintuitive, and it seems like so many secrets to a life well-lived are counterintuitive, which is so interesting. I'm wondering if you feel this way too, because it's something that I have found time and time again as I've really gone in to explore all of the intricacies of being human, essentially. Without going too far off on a tangent here, I want to get into what is meant by ordinary here and what we're talking about today. The sort of ordinary that we're discussing today is the type that really frees us from the burdens of striving for extraordinary. So it's the kind of ordinary that really just gives us the permission to fail and to keep trying in spite of our failures. It's this really freeing type of ordinary then. It's doing our best, but it's only measuring our improvements against where we were the day before and the person that we were the day before. So it's the permission to take tiny steps forward day after day rather than these monumental leaps or constantly striving to be extraordinary or exceptional every single day because we end up really finding ourselves in the weeds when we do that. Most of us aren't built to thrive under that sort of pressure that comes along with striving to be extraordinary. So when we're confronted with this pressure, we often throw our hands up and just sort of choose to retreat. If we can't guarantee that we'll reach that level of extraordinary, then at least we can guarantee the control we have over our choice to never try or to try half-heartedly. So it's sort of this element of self-sabotage that often ends up taking place. An important note here is that some people do really thrive with the pressure to be extraordinary and never find it to be overwhelming or stifling in any way. If that's you, then you can probably disregard this whole episode. But if you find sky-high expectations to be paralyzing rather than motivating, then please keep listening. What does the permission to be ordinary entail or really mean then? 
So the permission to be ordinary means that we really work to set our goals in alignment with our dreams. That's still absolutely a part of this. We have these clearly defined goals, but we give ourselves the permission to be ordinary in our progress day after day. The permission to do this really allows us to focus on the minutiae of the process. And when we try to force ourselves to be extraordinary, we're highly focused on the outcome. And for a lot of us, that can be incredibly stifling and sort of paralyzing. Setting aside these sort of unicorn stories of success that have become a bit more commonplace or at least just more known about in recent times because of social media and technology, you'll notice that the majority of extraordinary accomplishments happened through the successive and persistent ordinary levels of improvement day after day. So it's really just getting up, doing the work, and committing to these very ordinary levels of improvement time and time again, and being willing to fail and put ourselves out there in a way that has meaning in the grand scheme of things and to the bigger picture. It's interesting, too, because when I envision extraordinary, I actually think about it being this sort of completed puzzle, right? And what forms extraordinary for so many of us is thousands and thousands of tiny puzzle pieces that are truly just ordinary, and they all fit together to create this bigger picture. But we have to be willing to do the work, and when we tell ourselves that we must be extraordinary day after day, we tend to self-sabotage or lose steam on our dreams very quickly because we don't know where to start. So in this way, the pursuit of extraordinary then tends to lead us to these wishy-washy efforts or indecision. I know for me personally, when I place that much pressure on myself, it really manifests as not knowing where to start, just feeling so overwhelmed by this goal that I have set in front of me. And it's really this burden that ends up stopping me altogether. And maybe you can relate to that too. When the dream feels so big, so daunting that we lose sight of the forest as we try to focus on the thousands of separate trees and we don't know which one to put our attention on first. To reach extraordinary, then, we simply have to be willing to commit to ordinary improvements day in and day out. It's not about being special. It's about being humble. It's about self-reflecting and being honest with ourselves about where we've been, where we are, and where we hope to go in the future. In talking about this permission to be ordinary, the idea of internal versus external success comes to mind. And giving ourselves the permission to be ordinary really means that we realign ourselves with the pursuit of internal success as opposed to external success. I'll describe the differences between these two in more detail in a moment, but as a general rule, internal success is process-oriented and external success is outcome-oriented. With internal success, we derive immense joy and fulfillment from doing the work we love. So every day we feel that joy and that sort of feeling of success if we've committed ourselves to our efforts in a very ordinary way. Doesn't have to be the hustle. In fact, I'm not for hustle culture at all. But we experience a sense of purpose and alignment to a cause or a service that we're hoping to provide or working to provide. And so we really end up living in the joy and the journey of the day-to-day rather than waiting for some future moment to enjoy what we've built or what we're building. There's a quote that Bob Proctor has in one of his books where he says, quote, you don't go to work to earn money, you go to work for satisfaction. And I think that's so powerful. And I really like that it flips this sort of hyper-success, hyper 
financial gain focused mentality on its head. And it really does talk about the fulfillment that we all want to experience because I'm sure we can all think of someone, maybe ourselves, who was striving to reach some, you know, goal of financial gain or abundance, whatever it might be. And once they've reached that goal, then they're still not satisfied. When our goal is to be internally successful, we really find the flow states that bring so much joy and satisfaction that we don't even really care about whether or not we'll experience some grand outcome in the future, if that makes sense. Rather, the process becomes so fulfilling that we live for the journey rather than the destination. I know that sounds a little cliche, but it really is so true here. And we have so much more control over this form of success. So the internal form of success really does rely in our hands. We can dictate whether or not we feel that. Of course, we're not going to feel joyful and motivated and inspired every single day. That is just not how it works when we're humans. You know, it really is, though, the grand scheme of the journey. If we're feeling overall like we're moving towards something meaningful and we're taking those steps day after day, then that is internal success. Contrast this then with external success, which is really the external or outside praise, approval, or rewards that we receive as a byproduct of our outcome or efforts. External success is really the pursuit of achievement and recognition or of monetary gain or reward. And when we are focused on external success, we really have little control over it. So we can work day in and day out, night in and night out for years on end and create something that we perceive to be truly magnificent, only to have it go entirely unnoticed or maybe even ridiculed by the outside world. I want to clarify that there is absolutely nothing wrong with dreaming or reaching towards financial abundance or with being motivated by external success. It's just that when external success is our primary type of motivator, we often end up feeling sort of out of control or stifled. And I think that external success or the pursuit of it is really strongly linked with this pressure to be extraordinary. And internal success, on the other hand, is really aligned with this sort of permission to be ordinary, to experience the joy that comes with commitment to a cause or a service day after day, essentially. There's nothing wrong with that reach towards financial abundance or outside reward, but when it becomes that primary measure of success, we become so thirsty for it that we tend to suffer internally, and we're likely to have trouble manifesting it as well. We'll save the topic of manifestation for another day and another episode, but know that when we link our happiness to the pursuit of financial gain, we're really trying to manifest money or abundance from a place of lack, and because of this, we'll struggle to ever achieve it. This is because we must become the feeling of what we want to achieve, And if we've set our sights on financial abundance, then we must feel financially abundant in the here and the now before we'll ever be able to manifest more abundance. We must essentially act as if. And so in essence, we must be so grateful for what we already have that we don't feel the need whatsoever to have more. So again, counterintuitive, right? It's very difficult to manifest financial abundance if that's your only measure of success. Because you're so thirsty for it and feeling that lack so significantly 
that what's going to reflect back to you by the nature of reality is more of that lack. On the other hand, in aligning with the heart space of abundance for what we have in the here and now and feeling so grateful for what's around us that we don't feel as if anything is missing, we naturally draw in more and more abundance through that state of feeling and emotion. Again, I sort of gone off on a tangent here, but I will get into the specifics of this at a later time and even incorporate some more interesting science-based information that supports this idea of manifestation, which is really, really fascinating. But I'll save that for a later time. I just wanted to quickly summarize a bit of it here. I probably should have mentioned this earlier in the episode, but I think this pressure to be extraordinary Again, while it does allow some people to thrive and some people just really do excel under that sort of pressure, for those of us who tend to fall into that perfectionism or perfection-seeking type of behavior, extraordinary or the pursuit of it is really stifling. It ends up just crippling us and removing all of our power because we put so much pressure on the outcome that we often end up self-sabotaging. If we cannot guarantee that we'll achieve whatever outcome we've set our sights on, then we often end up procrastinating, putting it off, saving it for tomorrow, however you want to look at it, or we end up just sort of trying half-heartedly because in this way, which is its own form of self-sabotage, at least we can say, well, I never really tried that hard. I never gave it my all. And this is why giving ourselves this permission to be ordinary, to say, let me just wake up every day and do my best today. And sometimes my best might be doing not much of anything at all. It's really acknowledging that we're human beings. We're not robots. We're not going to have the same level of output every single day. And it's acknowledging our humanity, essentially, and our individuality and really giving ourselves the space to explore things in a way that reflects our current state of being. And that's why there's this really unrecognized power in giving ourselves the permission to be ordinary, especially if we struggle with perfectionism. The pressure to be extraordinary is the most potent fuel for imposter syndrome and just truly dream-crushing perfectionism. In short, the permission to be ordinary is really the permission to fail, and the permission to fail is the antidote to perfectionism. But we have to give ourselves that permission and really mean it. And just to briefly touch on imposter syndrome, it really thrives and flourishes when we tell ourselves that we must be extraordinary. To the mind and the ego, extraordinary is simply another way of describing perfect. And the pursuit of perfection ends up crushing far more dreams than it builds. Because again, if we set the bar at perfect, many of us would rather choose to not try at all rather than to try with all of our hearts and fall short. Perfection is not attainable, and it's all too easy to self-sabotage when we make it our ideal. Something else I want to mention here is that this pursuit of extraordinary also robs us of the ability or the willingness to sort of put our superpowers out there to the world. And our superpowers are really the aspects or traits that make us unique the sort of natural and inherent talents that we have that we can really work to hone and refine through getting up and striving for ordinary day after day. It's when we take those natural innate abilities and then we say, okay, this is something that I love so much. I'm willing to be ordinary in the pursuit of it. I'm willing to get up and to fail and to learn from those failures and mistakes. 
And when we commit to that, that's when we really start to see those extraordinary results. But none of us are going to be extraordinary, even with these most innate talents and gifts, if we're not willing to commit to the process of failing day after day. Again, our superpowers are the aspects or traits that make us unique. And because of this, we tend to guard them very, very carefully. So if we were to put our superpowers out there for the world to see and they failed us, what would that mean about us? It would mean we're ordinary, essentially, that we're not special or we're average, however we want to internalize those feelings. And so because of this fear, we often hide away our superpowers as a means to protect our identity. So you can think of someone who has like a natural talent for whatever it might be, and maybe they just stop pursuing that talent altogether because it scares them so much. And their fear is that if they pursue that talent and really put in the work that it takes to become extraordinary, then if they fail, it will take away this sort of identity as being really good at this. And so oftentimes we protect those things that we're really, really talented at by simply not putting them out there at all. We sort of rob the world of our superpowers. And this is a detriment not only to ourselves, but to the people in the world who really, really need our gifts and are waiting for them. And so we end up robbing the world of our gifts and our superpowers in this attempt to preserve our perception of self or the self we believe we are. Ironically, when we give ourselves the permission to be ordinary, the bar drops and removes the pressure to achieve perfection. So because we've gone ahead and squashed out the ego's fears before it even had a chance to really get attached to them, It gives us this space from within to sort of pursue our passions and our gifts and our abilities in this very ordinary way from this vantage point. So the one that says, I am ordinary and ordinary is enough, we really can't fail, or at least not in a way that crushes the perception of who the mind believes we are. In doing this, we then free ourselves to pursue what we love, and we give ourselves permission to share our gifts with the world. So the benefit potential is really twofold because we personally feel more fulfilled because we're committing to our work day in, day out, and perhaps others receive something of value as well. As a sort of way to close out, I just want to briefly summarize some of the burdens of extraordinary and contrast them with the benefits of ordinary. And these are in no particular order, but just some things that I came up with as I was brainstorming for this episode. So one is that the pursuit of extraordinary burdens us with the sort of paralyzing beliefs that we must be perfect in our pursuits. Of course, no one is perfect, and imperfection is completely normal and ordinary. And by giving ourselves the permission to be ordinary, we also give ourselves the permission to be ourselves. And so this includes faults, fumbles, and failures. The permission to be ordinary also allows us this sort of emotional and mental space to try as hard as we can because even in achieving mediocrity, we've still kept at it and found internal fulfillment along the way. And when I referenced achieving mediocrity here, I'm really referring to those external successes or outcomes that we have no control over. So even if the world never really recognizes what we're doing or no one does or it's received with maybe criticism or critique, if we've derived internal fulfillment and success from it along the way, then that's what has meaning to us. And we really then allow our efforts to be about the journey, not about the destination. So because of this, we give ourselves the space to experience true fulfillment and purpose. 
On the other hand, when an ordinary outcome isn't allowed, we tend to self-sabotage and say, you know, why try it all? What's the point? Which then robs us of everything. So it robs us of both the journey and the potential destination or the internal success as well as the potential for external success or recognition. The destination, regardless of what it is, so that external success that we experience, even if it's monumental, And even for those unicorn type successes, that destination is fleeting. So the journey is where we spend most of our lives. And if we're not willing to try or we're afraid to try, then we're missing out on the entire experience. When we give ourselves the permission to be ordinary, we really work to overcome resistance. If you've read The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, you know what I'm referring to here. That book is so powerful and is, to summarize it all, I guess it really is just sort of this way of saying, give yourself the permission to be ordinary. I never really thought of it like that until I'm standing here saying this now, but that truly is at the heart of of the message there, and it's really empowering. On another note, just something that I wanted to mention is that extraordinary really leaves no room for the in-between. We must either be exceptional the most world-improving human the planet has ever seen, or we're a failure. That's problematic for so many reasons, but especially to our internal joy, fulfillment, and experience. That is just so, so harsh and just not very inspiring or motivating to take action. On the other hand, when ordinary becomes permissible, we stop overburdening ourselves with the pressure to do it all today. And so we sort of give ourselves the space to say, hey, listen, just take a tiny step forward and that's a win. Even if the tiny step forward is simply caring for yourself or getting out of bed, showering, whatever it might be, recognize when you push yourself up against your daily fears. In doing this, we really allow ourselves to strive for better rather than perfect. Not better than other people, but better than who we were the day before. And sometimes better than who we were the day before can look maybe worse than on paper, but it's this commitment to self-love and compassion with the permission to be ordinary and to move forward in whatever way we can that allows us to really thrive in the grand scheme of things. I'll leave it here for today. Let me know what you think about this idea and does it resonate with you? I'm really curious. As always, thank you for choosing to be here and thank you for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day and a meaningful week and I'll see you or chat with you next Tuesday.